You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, and it's just me tonight because, or today, whenever you're listening to this, uh, but Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, who usually joins me, Uh, He had some travel issues that made it uh, almost pretty much impossible for him to be able to to do this until uh, very early in the morning, like uh, 3 in the morning or something like that. So uh, just me, uh, I'm recording this at uh, around 11 o'clock on Tuesday night, so the eve of signing day for UK football, uh, or national signing day, but UK football, gosh, what a Tuesday it's been for Kentucky. I don't know if there'll be any more surprises on Wednesday uh, for the Wildcats, but a lot to discuss as far as the signing class goes and and what it's going to shaping up to look like it's going to be. Also, Kentucky takes on Utah 11 p.m. Eastern time Wednesday night in Las Vegas. We'll definitely discuss that, but I want to get into football for sure because it was a huge day for Kentucky on the eve of signing day. Uh, Kentucky already had, you know, a huge number of guys. uh, I mean, a huge class uh, committed that, that looked good anyway, like without the guys who came on board on Tuesday. But then it got way better on Tuesday with two four-star offensive linemen announcing for Kentucky on Tuesday. The first one was R.J. Adams. This is a young man out of Virginia who had originally committed to Penn State. And then he decommitted from Penn State. He visited Alabama, uh, you know, you name it, the type of schools that he went and visited. Uh, he was down to NC State. Uh, apparently, like I didn't watch the the commitment video, but from reports, apparently he put an Alabama shirt on or jersey or something on first and then revealed underneath that it's Kentucky. You're talking about a four-star offensive guard, number 12 offensive guard in the class uh, as ranked by rivals. He is six foot three, 320 pounds, R.J. Adams. So that's a huge one. And then shortly after, maybe an hour or so later, they get another young man on the offensive line, Jeremy Flax. Now, he's a four-star, but he is a JUCO transfer. He'll have three years uh, to play. Once, once he uh, arrives on campus. So four-star, he is six foot six, 315 pounds. Jeremy Flax, an offensive tackle. And the story goes, according to uh, Josh Edwards of the Cat's Paws, he tweeted this stuff out, that um, like Stoops and, and, and Coach Klingscale went to Kansas to visit Flax. And on that very same day, were in Michigan to visit Flax's mother. She's a teacher. When they visited, uh, they wound up reading to the students. And and so that I, I, that story just makes you think, well, this is the, you know, this is how they do this. They create this atmosphere 
of family. And that is what R.J. Adams said in an article uh, on, um, oh, I don't want to get it mixed up. I believe the article is on catspaws.com. Article on R.J. Adams where he said it was the family atmosphere at UK. That's what did it for me. That's what, like, made up my mind. That family atmosphere is what turned it for me. And they've they've been so good at that at Kentucky, just creating that. And Vince Merrill's talked about it over and over again. He's like, we're not we're not fake here with this. When we when we talk, we're talking about hey, Stoops and I grew up together. You know, I Klingscale known him forever. I mean, we all know each other. We're all family here. We're 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 not shooting smoke, blowing smoke. We're um we're honest. We're truthful, and it's it's worked out. So when you put all this together. What is expected? Oh, one more thing before I go on to that is they there was a thought that maybe this other four-star defensive back on Tuesday would go ahead and say he's coming to Kentucky. Joel Williams is his name. It's like a top fifteen athlete, um, as far as you know, athlete position in the rankings. Four-star defensive back. He's looking at Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and Kentucky. Like those crystal ball predictions out there, they have Kentucky like at 63%. Well, Josh Edwards, again, from the Cats Paws, he uh, tweeted that Joel Williams has postponed his announcement. I think till Friday is when he has now said that he will announce. Auburn was one of the places he he talked about uh, this, this kid from Baton Rouge as a place that he really liked. So I don't know if it's great news to hear that he'll postpone till Friday, but uh, that was the other guy that was, was kind of being looked at. But it's time to take a break. On the other side of this break, we'll talk more. I'll talk more about this class right here. And just kind of, I'm not going to go into huge depth as far as each player and name and all that stuff. But just to give you a, a, an overview of what it all looks like. Like the type of players they're getting. I think it's important to to fully understand what what this class looks like. And I'll do that on the other side of this break. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Rap to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R or at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Do that on Twitter. We will share and retweet. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels, aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends, Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee. And taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distillery offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round, like the popular Trace Tour or see Bourbon Pompeii, and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. Mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky podcast and get 10% off merchandise at the gift shop. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, back here on Locked On Kentucky, I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic usually joins me here, but he had travel issues and couldn't do it, so 
you got me, but we're going to do another podcast. We hope to do a, a, another podcast Wednesday uh, after the signing class is completed for Kentucky, after all the information comes out on who's actually signed, uh, who Kentucky has in its class. We hope to do one um, during the day on Wednesday, well before the UK Utah game. So while you're waiting on that, you could listen to the podcast on the signing class that Kyle and I'll do. He'll be in Las Vegas by then, and we'll talk about it. But what it's expected to be is is this is it. Okay, we talked about in that first segment the two offensive linemen, four-star guys that Kentucky got commitments from on Tuesday. So that gives Kentucky four offense, five offensive linemen in this class. Five offensive linemen in this class. Here are their sizes, okay? Here are the sizes of the five guys Kentucky got or has commitments from, expected to sign on signing day. Six foot six, 315 pounds. Six foot six, 298 pounds. Six foot six, 295 pounds. Six foot five, 270 pounds. Six foot three, 320 pounds. Four star, four star, four star, three star, three star. Uh, come on. <laughs> you talk about a line of scrimmage league, right? That's the SEC, a line of scrimmage league. They're beefing up. Uh, Kentucky doesn't have those dimensions across the offensive line right now. Okay, defensive line. Currently three guys committed. Four-star, four-star, five-star on the defensive line. Those are the three players committed in this class on the defensive line. Trevon Ribka, six foot five, 265 pounds. Are you kidding me? Justin Rogers, the five-star defensive tackle, six foot four, 314. Samuel Anale, the four-star defensive end, six foot four, 247. Guys, you heard those dimensions on the offensive and defensive lines. Did you ever think at Kentucky that this school would be able to be at a point where it has 6'5", all the way across both lines, pushing 300 pounds. I mean, did you ever think that? To where this program doesn't have to do the air raid to try to score points. It doesn't have to rely on gimmicks to be a contender in the SEC. It can line up, run you over, run the football, play smash mouth, play strong defense, and win close games, hold opponents to low scores. I mean, this is this is old-style SEC football. And Mark Stoops has been able to do it by building a line of scrimmage that looks like what I just read you off right there. Uh, this is going to be the best class they've ever had. Now, can this class get to Atlanta before they go? I don't know. But you look at you look at that, you look at what the defense has done over the last two years, and you look at the fact that Kentucky has had a 1,000-yard rusher for four consecutive seasons now. They're bringing in two more running backs. Jaton McLean is a three-star. Torrance Davis also a three-star. Two guys from Ohio. They're hopeful to get an, another running back slash athlete, Michael Drennan. I believe he's also out of Ohio. The defensive back situation that they have. Oh, by the way, since we're still on offense there with the running backs, four-star quarterback, Bo Allen out of Lexington Catholic. So you're getting a really good quarterback as well. 
Then you look at the defensive back, secondary. They have three, three-star prospects. Two of them are six foot. One of them is six foot two. They love that size. You already have Kelvin Joseph on campus who won't be eligible to play until next season, but he's the young man from LSU who was highly ranked coming out of high school. You have Joel Williams potentially out there, a defensive back that every, every program in the country wants. If you could add him and get four defensive backs, plus you already have Kelvin Joseph, and then what the guys who played this season, like Brandon Eccles, and got experience, like Jamari Brown, my goodness. Okay, and then you look at the wide receivers because you don't have a a great proven wide receiver returning. You've got some guys who've caught some balls, but you don't have Lynn Bowden. You, You don't have that kind of a receiver coming back. So what you do have coming in is six foot four Isaiah Cummings out of Louisville Mail and uh, two other guys who are also three stars, six foot one, six foot two. But I already went over it and over it. The emphasis is clearly on that offense and defensive lines. Really good. Uh, this is solid. I don't know where it'll end up being ranked, but uh, I mean, I just remember the years where Kentucky was getting commitments from guys who had offers from, and no offense to these schools, but, you know, Central Michigan, Toledo, Memphis, UAB, Georgia Southern, Southern Miss. Those are the kind of schools they were beating out. Now, they're winning against Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan. They're going head-to-head with the big boys, and they're winning their fair share. And we haven't seen anything like it at Kentucky. We've never seen anything quite like this. All right, but we uh, we got to take another break. When we return, uh, we'll definitely talk UK basketball. There's plenty to talk about there. That game against Utah. We'll do that next. If you are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com forward slash locked on. Breaking Tea, that's T, just the letter T, makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. It's great for all fans. You go to breakingtea.com forward slash locked on And then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, so we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. A look ahead to this UK-Utah game. John Calipari spoke on Tuesday. Uh, A few of the things that he said uh, really was saying that Khalil Whitney has to come along. They really need Khalil Whitney to play and play well, especially defensively, because there's no one else like him, is what John Calipari said. He just hasn't figured it out yet. But Calipari said this team does have a ceiling if we don't have Khalil Whitney playing for us. But he again said he likes the three-guard lineup, and Khalil needs reps, but not at the expense of losing games. So he's not going to just put him out there and let him figure it out and lose. Um, What he wants him to do, and what they've, I guess... You know, shown him is DeAndre Liggins. He he compared what Tyrese Maxey did the other night when Tyrese Maxey went 0 for 9 against Georgia Tech, but he shut down their best player. That's what Cal said he told Khalil Whitney. It was like, go guard their best player. Shut him down and go 0 for 9. Don't be afraid to do that. Why don't you do it in this game against Utah? So their best player, by the way, Utah's, is a forward a sophomore forward named Timmy Allen. He averages 20.6 points per game. He scored 27 against BYU in a 102-95 overtime victory. That is 
probably Utah's best win so far this season was over BYU. But Khalil Whitney, this would be a perfect matchup for him. Go shut down sophomore Timmy Allen. That's what Calipari is saying. Don't worry about your shot. Go play defense. Shut him down. So he mentioned that Keon has broken through a little bit because in practice he was going up against Nick. And they let him know early on that Nick was killing him. That he couldn't hold his own. And that's when Keon Brooks started fighting in practice against Nick Richards. And that's why he's broken through, according to Cal. And you've seen it. We talked about it on this podcast. Um, now he says he's going to get to get EJ to be more aggressive, Montgomery. He's going to put him against Nick in practice. Uh, and have them go against each other, hope, hopefully, to get EJ Montgomery fighting more. He mentioned that he wants to see more consistency out of Nick Richards. Uh, he also said that he put Tyrese Maxey against Ashton Hagens. He said he said to scramble Maxey's mind a little bit because that's how good Ashton Hagens is uh, defensively. But Calipari said that three-guard lineup may not work in this game against Utah because they have big wings. He doesn't know if that matchup will work. Um, he also mentioned that they had to change things a little bit for Georgia Tech. The way Georgia Tech plays, they had to do kind of an install in a day and a half. And he said, my guys got it. I have a smart team. They got it in a day and a half. And now they got to do the same thing for Utah because of what Utah does and how they play. They got to make some changes and hope that everybody gets it and, and can execute. Uh, and then, you know, the next game is, uh, or before I move on to that, one more thing on Utah from Calipari. He mentioned, he was asked if he, how well he knew Rick Majerus. He said this, I've never heard this. Maybe it's been out there. I've never read this. Maybe it's out there. I don't know. But Rick Majerus, he said, the late, great Utah coach. He said that Majerus, for coaches that he knew, like guys he knew in the business, when one of those guys would get fired and he sees them lose a job, Majerus would send them a check. And Calipari said not just like a couple hundred bucks, but like 5,000 bucks or something like that. Like, to, to help them out. They just lost their job in the business, and he would send them a check. And, and Calipari talked about Rick Majerus uh, and compared him to the way Kentucky Fried Chicken just does chicken. Like, they don't serve hamburgers. They don't serve, um, you know, burritos. They, they just do chicken. That's what they specialize in. They specialize in chicken. And he said, Rick Majerus specialized in basketball. He was, that's what he was. He was basketball. And that was that. Uh, he was an interesting dude. No doubt about it. Um, and so that second game coming up um, is against Ohio State. Calipari said, Ohio State is either the best team in the country or like the second best team in the country, which I think we can agree on that. Okay, so one of the things that came out of their practice uh, Tuesday, so UK you know, flew to, to Vegas and got there and practiced at a local high school in Las Vegas. And at the press conference uh, in Lexington at the Craft Center, Calipari said, hey, just want to let you guys know we're practicing. We're out there in Vegas. And this is like at 1130 in the morning on Tuesday. And so they're going to have a practice at five local times. So what is that? Eight o'clock Eastern. So Calipari is talking about, hey, in about eight hours, we're going to have a practice in Las Vegas, and you're all welcome to attend. <laughs> well, who amongst you know that group is going to get to Vegas in the next eight hours 
you know, John, remember, we're all media members working for TV stations and newspapers and websites. They don't give us private jets to fly to Vegas to cover your team. They hop on a private jet. Sure, you'll be there, and, and, and you can have a practice in eight hours. Yeah, good. But the funny part that came out of that was that Calipari, I guess, realized or, or found out somehow when he looks around that Jerry Tipton was not there from the Lexington Herald Leader, and he was told Jerry's already out there in Las Vegas. And he said, oh, no. Well, can I take back the offer for you guys to come out and watch our practice? Because he's saying you could come out and do whatever. You can hang out. You can you can use camera and record, and you know you can check it out. Come to our practice and whatever. Whereas before, they would like say, okay, you can be at practice for X amount of time, and then you got to go. Or if you're going to be there, you can't record all of it. You can only record a portion of it. Now Calipari's opening it up to the media. So come on in. And once he finds out that Jerry Tipton's all out there, <laughs> already out there, he goes, hey, can, can we take that back? And then he jokes and says, well, it won't, it won't matter. He won't know what he's seeing anyway. God, Calipari, he, he just, he rides Jerry Tipton. I think it's funny. But um, So the news that came out of practice that you need to know about if you haven't heard is Nate Sestina practiced. I think it was Daryl Bird from the Cat's Paws that uh, put it out there that – um, Nate Sestina in practice uh, there in Las Vegas. He's missed the last three games, you know, with a fracture in his left wrist. If you haven't seen the video, um, I mean, it's nothing special. It just shows that, you know, he's getting some work there. So who knows? You know, he could be available by the time that Louisville game rolls around. For all I know, he could, you know, we could see him this weekend in Las Vegas playing. So we'll see. A few quick notes before we wrap this up on Utah is, you know, this series, I mean, you think about it, uh, Kentucky has had Utah's number. I mean, Utah's just had bum luck against Kentucky. Talked about Rick Majerus a minute ago, that 1998 national championship game. Uh, Kentucky wins that game. Kentucky has played Utah 12 times and has a 10-2 and record and has won eight in a row uh, in the series with Utah. Utah right now, this season, 8-2 and two coming into the game, on a four-game win streak, has wins over Nevada, Minnesota. Minnesota's 5-5 five and five after they beat Ohio State on Sunday. Also, uh, BYU. Like I said, Utah's win over BYU is their best win. Uh, Utah's two losses, Coastal Carolina and Tulane. I mean, this is a game I haven't looked at the spread yet. It's probably out there. Um, but this is a game Kentucky should win. Should be favored, I would think, by double digits. UK is 12-1 and one all-time as the number six ranked team in the AP poll. 8-0 versus unranked teams under John Calipari as the number six ranked team in the AP poll. So that bodes well, historically. Nick Richards, right now, he's shooting 69.9% from the field. That is sixth nationally. Yeah, number six in the country, Nick Richards' field goal percentage. Ashton Hagens, he's averaging seven assists per game. That is ninth nationally. I mentioned Utah forward Timmy Allen. He averages almost 21 points a game. Utah ranks fourth in the country in defensive rebounds per game at 31. UK's 15th at 30 defensive rebounds per game. So this is a good rebounding team. Utah, uh, rebounding margin, they're up there. 
They're a team that does a good job on the boards. Uh, Utah is 13th in field goal percentage, shooting almost 50% from the field. UK is 11th in field goal percentage defense at 36.3. Utah is 14 in the country in scoring offense. These guys get up and down, 83 points per game. Uh, I think we told you on this podcast a few days ago that they put up 143 points in a game this season. It came against Mississippi Valley State, but still, that's a lot of scoring. They scored 102 points against BYU. Well, UK is 21st in scoring defense, allowing 59.2 points per game. So a contrasting style there. We'll see. I mean, if Utah, I haven't seen them play. I I just see the numbers. But, you know, you score 83 points a game, you score 143 points in a game, you score 102 points in a game, that means you're getting up and down. Remember the EKU game for Kentucky? And John Calipari made the comment that his players came in afterward and said, that's that's the way we want to play. Cal, can we play like this? Well, not everybody's going to let you do that. Uh, if Utah wants to get out and run, Kentucky will gladly do that, and it could be a 20-point win for the Cats. I don't know that Utah, maybe they do. Maybe they're like, well, this is what we do. Uh, or maybe they say, uh, we can't get out and run with Kentucky or we will get killed. Uh, UK's only other game in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas Malik Monk scored a UK freshman record 47 points. So maybe, you know, this is Cleo Whitney's turn. Maybe he puts up 48. <laughs> Unlikely. But I feel I feel pretty good about Kentucky winning this game handily. However, the time change, I mean, they just got there tonight, uh, Tuesday night. They had a practice. They've got all day tomorrow to adjust to it. Uh, I mean, college kids are up at 11 o'clock at night anyway. So they should be fine, but... I mean, there's a team from, you know, the West Coast, Utah, who's used to this time. So it's not going to affect them at all, you wouldn't think. And then Kentucky's there for a couple more days until they take on Ohio State. So we'll see how it all goes. One more final note on this. And I tweeted this out on Tuesday, and it got, it was, it's amazing how many responses this got. All I said was, and it's in the game notes. I I didn't know nothing special here. I was just looking at the game notes, trying to get some information for this podcast to, uh, to talk about. And in the game notes, it says, you know, which TV network has the game and who the announcers will be. And the announcers are listed as Dave Pash and Bill Walton. So I just said, hey. You got Dave Pash and Bill Walton on the call for the Utah-UK game uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Prepare accordingly. And the responses that I have gotten from that tweet. And it is either hate or love. People either absolutely hate Bill Walton and don't want any part of it and want to mute the game and are upset that he's part of the broadcast. And then there's another half of people who are like, bring it on. Absolutely love it. Oh, we're so lucky that we're getting Bill Walton on this game. This is going to be tons of fun. Personally, I I am not a love or hate with him. It's it's almost like what mood I'm in. Like how I approach the game. But he, there's not a game that I listen to that he doesn't annoy me. He does annoy me at some point. I don't think everything he does is funny. But I also laugh sometimes when he's doing the game. I am a person who does prefer that when you're doing the game, you can have a little bit of fun, but don't forget about the game. Don't ignore the game. Don't. The ones that are the worst are like the high school all-star games 
I can't stand the announcers on the high school all-star games. They'll go in there and put up so many split screens, and the action happens so fast that there will be several points scored, several buckets, and they will not say the name of the player. Here I am trying to figure out, okay, which, who's the guy, who are the guys who are going to UK? Was that him? I, I don't know. Uh, you got to go online and like look up a roster or something to try to find out because they won't tell you who scored. That stuff drives me crazy. So I am a person who prefers that you pay attention to the game, that you give the game the attention it deserves and focus it deserves. That's what you're ultimately there to do. You're not there to be a stand-up comedian. You're not there because you are a comedian. Like, that's not the industry that you're, you're in the entertainment industry, yes, but you're in the information business as well. Communication business, the broadcast business. I mean, if you want to be a full-time comedian, you can go do that. There, that and I think that's what people also are, are get upset with. I mean, that's my understanding is that that's why people get upset. That's why people got upset with Jay Billis and the ice cream. And I'm not going to lie. During that Georgia Tech game, watching it, I was yelling at the TV too. I was like, I do not need to see a split screen. I do not have a 65-inch big screen TV that I paid for and bought so that you can take the game that I'm trying to watch on that 65-inch big screen and make it smaller and put two dudes eating ice cream on the side of it. That's not what I want to see when I'm watching Kentucky play Georgia Tech. That's not it. I want full screen of this game and no two dudes eating ice cream. I'm not entertained by two dudes eating ice cream. Okay, I'll calm down now. But that's, that's what's going to happen Wednesday night. So just be prepared. If, if you're going to stay up, you want to watch it, be prepared for a lot of nonsense, a lot of not paying attention to the game, and Dave Pash trying to rein it in and trying his best to give the game the attention it deserves. But uh, there is enough people who enjoy Bill Walton that that uh, that they keep him on and let him do it. And I, like I said, there are times that I definitely laugh about it, and then there are times I go, oh, come on. Come on, guys. It's a two-point game. Can we discuss this? It's five minutes to go. Can we, can we please just talk about this a little bit? So I... I I am not, I don't know, it's weird. Everybody either loves him or hates him. I'm kind of, sometimes he's all right. Sometimes I can't stand it. But uh, it is what it is. Got to deal with it. All right, I've gone over time. We've got to go. You can follow me on Twitter, at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Questions, comments, whatever you want to do, we'll answer them here. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. And thank you for listening to the Locked on Kentucky podcast. Locked on Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.